Uh, we're going to be looking at something this morning, uh, emotions versus the Holy Spirit. Um, everybody is in some way, form, or fashion emotional. But when you speak of emotions, what you usually think and what's usually governed by emotions is not what God has intended. God is an emotional God. We are, are created in His image. And we also have emotions. But as I studied this out, and as the Spirit prompted me to lay this out, I learned a lot in the last month or so doing this. And one of the things I learned, and I started noticing how the world is run off of emotions. I mean, this day and time, if you think about it, in this, this time era that we're in now, everything is governed and run by emotions. You know, the United States of America is one of them. We have a constitution, but nobody lives by it anymore. Have you noticed that? They go by emotions, and then they start getting emotionally driven. And then when they get emotionally driven, then we start putting in different chief justices and different judges and stuff that doesn't interpret the Constitution the way it was intended to be interpreted. So now they start using it emotionally. And everybody living on, have you ever noticed how everybody, some way, form, or fashion nowadays seems to be offended? You know, the Bible said in the last days, many will be offended. Well, I think we're probably in it, right? You can't do anything without offending someone. You know, and, and I wish that I could just stand up one time on national television and everybody pay attention to me one time, and I could just tell everybody one time, shut up. Amen. You know, we have the right to remain silent. We just don't have the ability. Right? You know, it's just, and the reason I say that is because Everyone seems to have their emotions on their shoulders, and then the media makes it even worse. Our, our medias nowadays isn't, don't seem to be out there to inform us. The media seems to be there to shape opinion, and they start trying to get us opinionated. Is that the right? Did I say that? <laughs> yeah, whatever. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I'm still a redneck. You know, I, I, somebody asked me one time, I said, won't you learn a different language? I was trying to learn a little bit of Hebrew. You know, won't you learn a different language? I said, for 55 years, I ain't got English right, so I ain't got time to do something else, right? So anyway, I throw that in for free. But what happens is, though, we, if you think about it, though, we are an emotionally driven people nowadays. And everyone's got an opinion. There's six and a half billion people in this world, so there's six and a half billion different ways of looking at something. But what I want you to see this morning, not only do I think that our country needs to get back to living on the 
proper interpretation of the Constitution so that we can be a governed people in a way that God would have us be. You know, I don't care what they say. Our forefathers was God-fearing people. Our Constitution was built on godly principles. And I don't have time this morning to go through all of it, but I promise you it was if you go out and study it out. The same way as, as, as with God's law, the kings wasn't, wasn't part of economics. The kings were for military only. That was what they were for. They didn't have time to do economics. The President of the United States is set up for military only. He's not set up for economics. That's what your Congress is for and your Senate's for laws. They're set up for that way. But now it's been flip-flopped. And then they start trying to, to appease everyone and please everyone. And I want you to know right now, you can't do that. But you need to learn that we need to be governed under a set of laws that we have in our Constitution. Guess what? God has that same thing. God has a law, if you will. It's called the Holy Bible. God has His Word. And God has an interpreter of His Word. It's called the Holy Spirit. And you see, if you'll if you sit back and read the New Testament, if you read uh, uh, Paul's letters, Paul wrote to seven different churches, and if you'll really pay attention to the flavor of those letters, you'll see that Paul was just overwhelmed at the, at the possibilities and at, and at the, the time era that we live in. And that is the church age. And the difference is, you see, if you really go back and think about it and you study it and you look at it, the great Old Testament patriarchs like Moses, Elijah, Elijah, Isaiah, Daniel, all those guys would be jealous of us right now. You know why? They didn't have the Holy Spirit 24-7 to govern them. We do. So what we want to look at this morning, we want to look at how emotions versus Holy Spirit. We need proper interpretation. I've had people ask me, say, what, what uh, uh, version of the Bible do you use? I use King James Version, just a plain old King James. They said, well, I have a hard time understanding that. Well, I don't care which one that, that you read. If you ain't doing it with the, with, the, with the Holy Spirit, with the proper interpretation of the Holy Spirit, you're not going to get it anyway. Right? So what we want, what we want to look at this morning is just, and, and, you know, it's it's going to be a simple message, I sure hope, a simple person giving a simple message, and all it is is we need to return back to our roots, we need to go back to living under the canopy and under the 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 interpretation of the Holy Spirit that we live in, and use the Holy Spirit the way it's intended to be used. Let's look at the definition of emotion. The Webster Dictionary defines emotion as a conscious mental reaction, such as anger or fear. That's one of the, we're going to look at that in a moment. Subjectively experienced as a strong feeling, usually directed toward a specific object, and typically accompanied, accompanied by physiological and behavioral changes in the body. Don't ask me to read that again. But let's look at it. 
is saying that an emotion is something that drives us of something that we have encountered, and then our own conscience decides what emotion factor we want to engage it with. That's what that's saying. You see, the Bible says, be angry and sin not. I ain't been able to do that yet. I'll take my halo off for a few moments. I'll put it back on before I leave, but I'll take it off for a few moments. Who near has ever got angry and, and sinned not? It can be done. God's anger was kindled against Balaam. Y'all know who that is? Numbers 22. That's the one that the donkey talked to. Right? His emotion that was driven by greed has overcome him so much and the donkey was the only one paying attention to the Holy Spirit and the donkey carried him out of the way out into the middle of a field and it made him mad. So he beat on the donkey a little bit, whooped him back into the road saying, you stupid donkey. Right? He went on down a little bit more and he come to a narrow spot. And the angel of the Lord was standing there with a sword ready to kill him. And the donkey could see it. Now, I want you to get something here because with the eyes, you know, your eyes can be blinded. Have you ever seen something and somebody else look at it and they don't see it the way you do? And you say, I don't understand how they can't see that. Right? I've seen people pull out in front of trucks and get run over. I don't see how you didn't see that. Right? But he couldn't see it. You know why? Because his emotion of greed had already overcome him so much that he wasn't paying attention to what God had set for him and what God had told him to do. And the donkey ran him into the wall to keep him from getting killed. And he beat the donkey again. Whooped the fire out of him. Stupid donkey. Run me in to crush my leg against the wall. And then finally they got down to a spot there wasn't nowhere to go and the donkey just laid down. Well, that really ticked him off. So he whooped the donkey some more. And he was giving the donkey a hard time. I could just imagine. I could, you could fill in the blanks probably what was going on. Yeah. Right? I ain't crazy about donkeys myself. <laughs> right? But anyway, and then the donkey finally looked up at him, and the donkey opened his mouth, and the donkey said, have I not been your good donkey all these years? And you know what Balaam did? He said, well, you know what? You've been a pretty good donkey. That is probably not the way I would have handled that one. He was way overcome by emotion, apparently, to talk back to this talking donkey. And then his eyes was open, and he seen what was going on, and then he actually thanked the donkey in a way, right? That's not the way I would have handled it. I would have handled it like the guy with the frog. Y'all hear about the guy with the frog? Walking down the pond, and the frog, there's a frog down there, and the frog said, Hey, pick me up and kiss me, and I'll turn into the most beautiful princess, and I'll be your princess forever. That guy reached down and picked up that frog, put him in his pocket. And that frog reached back up, growled back up his pocket. He said, Did you not hear what I said? If you just kiss me, I'll turn into the most beautiful princess, and I'll be your beautiful princess forever and ever. He pushed him back down and said, I'd rather have a talking frog. 
That's how I would have handled it. I could have made some money with a talking donkey. I could have had a sideshow over on the edge, edge of the gates going into Israel, right? But what happens is our emotions gets driven by our inward of who we are. If we think about that, now I don't want to step, I ain't stepping on no toes this morning. If I am, I'm stepping on my own. But what happens is when, when you're out, your outward emotions or your emotions is your outward driver. And we're going to talk about that here in a few moments. Before I go any further, there are six emotions that have been recognized by the Science Foundation, by the um, psychologists and by all these whoever's, uh, when I looked it all up. Uh, but there are six emotions, and they're not what I thought they were. You know, if you talk about somebody, you say, well, well this, this person's emotional. What are you going to think? What's the first thing you think? They're crying, right? Crying is one of the 27 reactions to an emotion. And let me tell you what I'm talking about. There are six emotions. It's happiness, sadness, Happiness, sadness, anger, surprise, fear, and disgust. That's the six. And if you think about it, all six of those can relate to, a, to crying. I've seen people cry over all six of those. So crying is not an emotion. Crying is a result. That last part, it talked about that uh, the feeling that is directed toward whatever is causing the emotion. Because you can, you, I've seen people cry from being happy. Of course, cry being sad, right? Cry, you're so mad you cry, right? Anger. Surprise. Actually, surprise will make you wet more in your eyes sometimes, right? That didn't go over, did it? Anyway, you can, you can cry over any of it, right? So, these emotions are our outward driver, so to speak. Let's look at the next screen. God is an emotional God. We are created in His image, right? But God's emotions are wholly guided emotions. You see, that's why God can be angry and sin not. I mean, I've read of times when God was, he was angry with Balaam, right? He'd been angry with Moses. He'd been angry with a bunch of them, right? What did Jesus do? Jesus got angry one time. He took the time. This is what gets me. And, you know, uh, there's a proverb that said that a wise man will hold the tongue. The wise man will hold it in. And the foolish man releases it. And, you know, if you look at the time whenever Jesus got angry with them selling at the temple, he sat down and took the time to put a whip together. And he went in there and whipped them out of the, out of the, but he did it without sinning. Amen. It can be done. 
God is an emotional God, but it's wholly driven emotion. So if we've been born again and now we are, we have the Holy Spirit living within us, what should we have? Holy guided emotions. Emotions is going to come, folks. Things is going to happen. Is there anybody in here other than me that has a drive to Huntsville every day going to work? I can get an emotion every morning. I can get one every evening. You know, it's Highway 231. It's not Talladega. And they get in the groups, and they get to racing and drafting and, and, and pushing, and, and I try to stay out by myself, and they'll just they either catch me or slow down so they can gang up with me. They think they got to draft me, too. They go off the mountain 55, and they go up at 85. That don't make a lick of sense. All right? So what's my emotion? These people are crazy. Right? That can develop, you know, I, I looked at the six emotions, and I looked at the 27 results. I never did see road rage in there, but I bet you you could probably make 28, right? Anyway, I throw that in for free. Let's look at the next one. So who is God? Who is the Holy Spirit? You know, there are three persons of the Godhead. It's God the Father. He's a, he's a person. He's a spirit, but he's a person of his own, right? It's who we are created under. God the Son. Who's that? Jesus Christ, right? Jesus is God the Son. And then there's also the third person. It's the unnamed servant, the unnamed person called the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit is real. The Holy Spirit is just as real as God the Father and God the Son. And we're going to look at an instance of that in just a moment. But these are the three of the God. You know, when I, when I was younger growing up, I always like, I, I, I didn't really understand how three could be one. I never really understood that. It took me a long time with my slow self to grasp that. But finally, one day, the Holy Spirit just revealed to me, it says, very simple, son. All three are one because all three are in total agreement. You see, you and your spouse become one when you are in total agreement. Anything, you know, I've heard people say, well, we agree to disagree. <clears throat> you can't do that. You can't agree to disagree. Because that means you're disagreeing. So there's no agreeing to disagree. That's a double negative, right? Become one. Those three become one. So let's look at the next slide. I did a little research in it. God the Father is referred to in the Bible, and, and I'm using the King James Version of this through the Blue Letter Bible to come up with this. Uh, God the Father is referred to 13 times in the Bible. 13 times. See, a lot of times there's parts of Jesus within the Old Testament that people, 
that we sometimes think that's God the Father, but it's actually Jesus. And I'll, I'll show what I'm talking about in a moment. And Jesus, the Son of God, is referred to 47 times. And then the Holy Spirit is referred to 21 times, with 9 of the 21 being the Spirit of truth. So what is truth? The Bible tells us, John tells us, Jesus is truth. We are, we are to live by truth. And the Word is truth. And truth is also the Word. So John, the book of John, Gospel of John, is telling us that everything with all the words within the Bible are the words spoken by the Son given to the Holy Spirit to reveal. You see, the Bible is, is made up of 66 books written by 40 different people. I've heard say, well, it's written by, it's got 40 different authors. No, it has one author, 40 different writers, only one author. And the author of the book, the Holy Bible, is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is speaking only of the Son. And John is trying to tell us that everything that was spoken was spoken by the Son, and for Him, and by Him. And then the Holy Spirit reveals unto us who He is. There's one time, one time in the Bible that I found, if y'all can find another one, please do let me know. One time in the Bible that God the Father spoke. One time. All the other times was the Holy Spirit through someone or by Jesus. Even some of the old, even, even, even the voice of the burning bush was Jesus. Go to John chapter 8. Because he talks about before Abraham, because he said, Abraham saw me in my day and was glad. And they said, who are you, son of Joseph, not yet 50 years old, but yet you've seen Abraham? And what did he say? He said, before Abraham was, I am. Who was the voice of the burning bush? I am. That's what he was telling them. But one time, God the Father spoke, and that was when Jesus was baptized. When he was baptized, when he come up, he didn't say nothing. You see, I also heard people say, well, Jesus never, never come out and said, I am the Son of the Father. I don't know why they didn't, how they get that. But if nothing else, even, even if he didn't, which he did, he didn't have to because the Father had already said who he was. Because what happened? And this is how I know it's the Father. Think about this. When he wrote, the Father said, Behold my Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. And the Holy Spirit was also there, but the Holy Spirit didn't speak. The Holy Spirit ascended upon him. And then they all three are joined together once again. You see, it took me a long time to understand what's going on. You see, Jesus is God. He left the splendor of heaven to come and live as we are and die on a cross to save us. He had to leave the Father 
Even though they were one spiritually, they had been separated. And once Jesus started his ministry, they realigned one another. And that was at that time. And the Father spoke, and the Spirit ascended, and Jesus received both. Y'all with me? That's kind of amazing. As I've said this before, I've always been amazed that the voice that said, let there be, left the splendor of heaven, come and stay nine months in the womb of a woman. Think about it. Floating around in whatever that stuff is. They got names for it, and I can't pronounce it. And then was born, worked in a carpenter shop for 30 years. Worked as a carpenter just to fulfill the law. Because before you could be a minister, you had to be 30 years old. And Jesus worked for 30 years as a carpenter just to fulfill the law. Just to go to the world and tell them who he was to make them mad enough that they killed him. That don't make no sense. God's a whole lot more gracious than I am. Right? And it just amazes me. And now, we have that same spirit living within us. Right? So, whenever these emotions come up, we need to know how to handle them. And when we handle them the same way the world handles them, we're no different than they are. And God said, you are a priesthood. You are a royal priesthood. You are set aside. You are sanctified from the world. You have the power to raise people from the dead. You know, Jesus even said, I will go... I've got to go away. I've got to do that in order for me to send you, send you the Holy Spirit, the same one that ascended upon me. I'm going to ascend upon you. And when you receive that Holy Spirit, that's the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. And he said, when you receive that Spirit, you can do even greater things than I did. You know, I wish he had never said that so that I could have an excuse Right? But now I have no excuse because I have that same spirit living within me that I can do these great things. And you know, and, and, and I, I hear people all the time, and I, and I was almost one of them because I almost got persuaded. But I hear people all the time saying, well, the things that happened in the Old Testament, they happened then for that time, and that just don't happen now. Well, it happened at that time for them reasons that's true. But you know what? Like I said, the Old Testament patriarchs would be jealous of the benefit that you and I have to be able to do even greater things than they did. Moses parted the Red Sea. Do you know Moses did that? You know, I used to think, well, God did it. Moses did it. Through the faith and the power of God, he did it. But he had to have the faith to open up his hands for it to do. We have that power, but it has to line up with God's Word. It has to line up with God's kingdom. It has to line up with what God has for us to do. 
an hour ago, I was right back there and I was not wanting to get up. I, 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 just not, I did not want to get up here this morning and do this. I just didn't want to do it. And then I seen all the band of brother guys back. And I said, I thought y'all were supposed to be gone. Well, we all got back. At the time, I thought Keith had come back too. I said, Keith's back? And he's got me preaching. I'm going to kill him. Y'all going to be without a pastor. Y'all are not going to have a pastor by dark. Because he's got me up here and he's back. Well, he's not back. He's actually speaking day. They come back. He didn't. He's got things to do until Wednesday. So I let him off the hook. Right? But you know, if, if we don't do what God, if we do what, what we're comfortable with, then it's not commitment. If we do what we're comfortable with, then it's not of God. We need to be committed to do what He says. We need to be a friend of the Holy Spirit. We need to receive the Holy Spirit. We need to, every morning when you wake up, say, good morning, Holy Spirit. And we need to be in tune with God. Like I always said about prayer, my first 41 years on earth, I thought prayer was to get God involved with what I'm doing. Because I'd always praying for something for me or for something, you know, whatever, right? And then I realized that, God, that prayer is not to get God involved with what I'm doing, it's to get me involved with what He's doing. Yeah. And when we do that, then we can, and, and if we will allow the Holy Spirit to, con, to govern us, then we can work the emotions in the proper way that they are to be used. Let's look at the next one. Our God is the Holy Spirit. Um, let's, look at, let's look at the next screen. I'm going to look at some scripture this morning. We're going to throw some scripture up. And what these script, this is, we're going to look at three different scriptures that speaks of the Holy Spirit. Who the Holy Spirit is, what's His job, right? And for us to get, let's look at this. Uh, John 14, 17 says, even the Spirit of truth, who is truth? Jesus is, uh, is truth, right? It's, it's sometimes it speaks of the Spirit of truth, and the Holy Spirit's the same one, right? Because the Holy Spirit only speaks and shows of the Son, right? Whom the world cannot receive. And I see that, that's, that's going to give us an indication right there of proper emotions. You see, the way the world does emotions is not proper because the Holy Spirit, they cannot receive. You can only receive the Holy Spirit when you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. Then he says, then I send to you the Holy Spirit. And then you can be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You see, there's a difference in just living with the Holy Spirit and being baptized with the Holy Spirit. What's, what's, what's the symbol of baptism? Old, new, right? And we do that with the old person to the new person. We also need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit because we need to get rid of the old spirit and regain the new spirit. You see, Jesus told him, said, said, don't, he said, you must be born again. 
And Nicodemus was like, how in the world can you enter back into your mother's womb and be born again? He said, that's not what I'm talking about. When, what's flesh is flesh. We ain't talking about reborn in flesh. We're talking about reborn in spirit. And what spirit is spirit. Do not marvel when I say these things, ye must be born again. We have to be born again in the spirit because our spirit was separated with sin. Right? That's just a simple, there's nothing special about that. But the baptism of the Holy Spirit is when we, we go back there with our own fleshly spirit and, and raised to a new spirit of the Holy Spirit. We need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Does that make any sense? I hope it does. If it don't, just search into it. If, if you've been born again, the Spirit's there with you. I promise you. He's ready. He, they're ready, willing, and able. Right? They're looking for someone. The Bible says that, that God seeks people to worship Him in spirit and in truth. And He is seeking that. The Spirit is seeking for you. And the baptism of the Holy Spirit is what we receive as Christians that's been set apart from the world and the world cannot receive because it seeth him not. Neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for ye dwelleth in you and shall be in you. So that's one of the scriptures that says when you know God, when you accept Jesus and when you know him, that spirit lives in you. And we need to activate it. You see, even, even, even when, you, when you get a new debit card or a credit card or something, you get a new one in the mail. I've got one coming because mine broke. <clears throat> I'm trying to lose some weight so I ain't breaking so many when I sit on them. <laughs> you know how I learned something? As you get older, there's a lot of things that are just overrated. A lot of stuff in life is just overrated as you get older. Because when you get my age, all you want to do is eat without getting fat or diabetic. That's about all I want to do. I've got to keep my sugar down so I don't get to eat the good stuff no more. I have to sit around and watch everybody else eat the good stuff. And I have to eat that stuff and ain't. Well, never mind. Let's go to the next one. We ain't want my, my blood sugar this morning, but I'm working on it. But when the comforter has come, who's the comforter? Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. But when the Comforter has come, whom I will send to you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. So the Holy Spirit is the unnamed servant that testifies of Christ that was sent by the Father. So at that time when the Father said, Behold my Son in whom I am well pleased, hear him, right? And the Spirit ascended. Jesus, when He spoke this, He said, when the comfort comes, same thing's going to happen to you that happened to me. The Father is going to send the Spirit on you the same way as the Spirit was sending on me. And that Spirit is the Spirit of truth that, 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 is, that should be our inward driver. We're going to look at that. Let's look at the last one. Uh, Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself. He's that unnamed servant. But whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. 
You see, we have something. You see, prophecy. Prophecy is not for future telling. You know what prophecy is for? If someone prophesies over you, or even the, prophe the prophecies of the Bible, uh, you know what prophecy is for? It's not for future telling. Prophecy is for when it does happen, then you know it's of God, because God is the only one that can know the future. You see, even if I'm going to prophesy, I'm going to prophesy over James. You know, I, I, God gives me a prophecy. He's going to succeed and do this or that or whatever. He don't say what's going to be on April 14th. What, you know, I, I, I'm not for future telling. It's just for a thing when it happens, whenever something happens, then he'll know that it's of God because it was already spoken over him from the Holy Spirit Amen. through someone else. Don't be scared of prophecy. I used to be scared of it. I was a grizzly bear. I just didn't slap a grizzly bear as I had to try to prophesy, right? I was scared of it. Nothing wrong with the fear part, the fear of the Lord, if you will. But then again, it ain't commitment if you're comfortable with it, right? I throw that in for free. All right, let's look at the next. So our emotions, man, I got five minutes. Lord have mercy. Uh, our emotions are our outward driver. So what, however your emotion, when, when, when we have emotions, it's our outward driver. In other words, we react to whatever's happening to, to someone, to an instant, to something that happens. Then our emotions is our, is our outward driver. In other words, our, mo our inward emotions come to light, right? And there's nothing wrong with godly emotions. And some of them, you know, there's time to be happy. There's time to be sad, right? There's a time of grief. We should grieve with one another, right? Sometimes we need to cry with one another. Sometimes somebody just needs somebody to cry on, right? Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. But there is also, the Bible speaks that there's a time for grief. And there's a time to move on. Let me give you an instance. There's a guy I, I, I work with. When I first started working out there, he was talking about his ex-wife and stuff, and he's like, man, I thought, man, this guy's going through this bitter divorce and everything, you know, and I just kind of tried to listen to him, trying to, you know, trying to help him out with this bitter divorce he's going through, and I found out he'd been divorced for 14 years. I said, son, get over it. Yeah. Right? There's a time for grief, and then there's a time to get over it. Right? There's a time to move on. And our emotions are our outward drivers. Look at the next part. I got to move. Proverb versus proverb. When I say that, I'm, I'm, I was actually talked about one while ago. It said that the wise man holds it in and the foolish man speaks it out. A proverb, most proverbs shows both sides of an issue of emotion. The wise, which is the holy side, and the foolish, which is the world side. And I think, you know, I'd like to encourage you to read some of the Proverbs, some of the Psalms and the Proverbs. Even when stuff is going, you know, sometimes the world comes against me and I'm, uh, I get, I mean, hey, I, I, I admit it, I get aggravated a lot of times when I can't have a brand new F-250. Yeah. This morning, I met Mikey and them over at Huddle House and I drove, I, had, I went down to the post office first, dropped off a, a bill. And then I come back around, I come through there, and I rode right through all them F-250s. 
And I come over and I said, man, I, I sure would like to have one of them. You know? And I still want one of them. I'm just going to tell you right now, I can't help it. I want one of them brand new F-250s. But I can't have it. Right? And it takes me off. I mean, seriously. And then I look at why, why can the world, I said, they're probably going to sell these trucks. And I got a pretty decent job, make pretty decent money, and I can't afford one of them. How's these other folks doing it? You know, I just don't, I just can't get it. I don't understand it. And Psalms 37 comes to mind a lot of times. when I thought, Read Psalm 37 sometime. And, 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 and when you're worried about what the world's doing, don't worry about what the world's doing. Worry about what you're doing. Worry about you. And every time I drive through there, I see when I want him F-250. Or like I say, I, 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 I went in the gate the other day going to work, and there's a guy in front of me who was in one of them brand new F-250s. When he pulled up out to the guard where we had to show him the badge before we can go in, he folded in his mirrors, you know, and hit the button and rolled down the window, and I'm over cranking the window, you know. And I'm giving a little gas, hoping it's going to go smooth to get up there. Ticks me off, Right? I throw that in for free. Our emotions, there's a wise side and there's a foolish side. And there's a wise side that says, is what the Holy Spirit is that inward voice that guides us that sometimes we just need to shut up. You see what I was talking about earlier when, we first, when I first started this thing? I said a lot of folks are living in our, our world is being lived on emotions. And a lot of folks are being offended when all they got to do is just shut up. You know, this thing about these folks that kneels at the national anthem, I don't like it no more than anybody else. I think they ought to stand up and, and pledge allegiance to the United States just like anybody else does. And if you don't like it, go to Beirut. Right? I mean, that's what I really think. But you know what? If, if the media and everybody else would quit shedding so much light on them, which is what they're doing it for to get that attention, if they just act like they're not even there, that would go away. So sometimes we need to just shut up. Sometimes when people are bothering you, just don't say nothing. Sometimes just don't say nothing. It will tear them up worse than whatever you... And boy, I'm, don't think I ain't preaching to myself because I'm bad to get to mouthing. So I can do some mouthing, right? I'm quick to jump. But quick to jump is foolish. And I need to learn... To just sit back and wait, and then let them open their mouth and show their foolishness. And sometimes just sit back and be wise. And I'm learning that the hard way, but I am learning. I always said, as long as you're, don't look at me like that, I'm learning. She's giving me that look like, you ain't got it yet. I know I ain't got it, but I'm learning. I'm working. I'm learning. <laughs> Progress, that's right. That's right. All right. Let's look at the next one. We need Holy Spirit-conditioned emotions. We need to condition our emotions. And that's something that is a progress, right? It's something that we've got to, to work on and to condition that. And, you know, I, I tell our work, sometimes we have to work with peroxide. I, I mean, I, I, mean, I, I hate this. I hate working with peroxide. 
that peroxide that you buy at the store is 3%. We're working with 90% hydrogen peroxide. This stuff is some bad stuff. And you have to wear all the suits. You have to do all the stuff. You have to, whatever parts going in, it has to be cleaned to a certain spec. And then it has to be, has to be peroxide conditioned. You have to soak it in it and it reacts with it. It reacts with that peroxide until all the reaction is gone. So all the particles that peroxide reacts with is gone. Then the part is peroxide conditioned. <clears throat> And the Lord was showing me that with this, because our emotions, uh, we need to have Holy Spirit conditioned emotions. In other words, when we're exposed to it, sometimes we need to, what I was talking about earlier, we need to just shut up and just sit back and just let it boil. Not the peroxide does, right? Until it boils it all out. When it's all boiled out, guess what? You clean. Holy Spirit conditioned emotions is what we need. Then we can be Christ-like. Our emotions should never override the Holy Spirit. I'm going to do this right quick. Sometimes God will send somebody into your life to try to get you out of a bad mood. Sometimes it works, sometimes it don't. Back in the summer, me and my Bass fishing partner was fishing a tournament in Decatur. About 10.30 that morning, it's a kind of a dead time. Fish wasn't biting real good, and we're sitting up there. I hate fishing. I love catching. I hate fishing. <laughs> so we was in this fishing mode. We've been about an hour and ain't got no bites or nothing. We know there's them slight times. So we got to playing with one another. So we got to, to impersonating people. You know, we impersonating Forrest Gump, Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, just doing odd and end things, right? And I got to doing Carl Childers. If y'all know who Carl Childers is, if you don't, you might in a moment. But we were just kind of playing with it. Well, after a tournament thing, they're always coming back, and we're going to go through the drive-through at Jack's, and... Uh, I told Timmy when I pulled up, I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to order like Carl Childers. He said, you won't do it. I said, I will too. Don't tempt me. We got up there and the girl said, and the drive through thing said, welcome to Jack's. Can I take your order? Well, I chickened out. I said, well, I'll take uh, chicken, the little chicken meal uh, and a Coke. She said, well, we're, we're out of Coke right now. Well, she opened the door then. Because I said, well, what you got in there? Good to drink. Mm. <laughs> and she said, well, we got Coca-Cola products. I said, well, you said you didn't have no Coke. Mm. <laughs> she said, well, we got, we got Mellow Yellow and, and this. she doesn't know enough that she got lemon. I said, you got lemonade in there? Mm. I said, I'll take one of them lemonade. She said, well, you want a small, medium, large? I said, I'll take a big one. She said, a large? I said, what I said. Mm. Well, pull on up there. When I got up there, the girl on the little thing that was talking was a different one than the one giving us our stuff. And the one giving us our stuff, I don't know if she was ready to be fired, fixing to get fired, 
didn't care about work, didn't care about life or what, but she was one ill person. Wouldn't say nothing. She just had that look. Didn't say nothing. And when I got up there, I said, uh, did that, that meal come with them french fried potatoes or nothing? And she just looked at me, didn't say nothing. I said, man, I, I got to work on this girl a little bit, you know? So I fell around there with her. And then when I got, they, I had the money thing, I got ready to leave, you know? I, I said, well, you've been purchased square dealing from me. <laughs> and I guess you ought to thank you for it. She never cracked a smile, never nothing. And I just thought, well, I can't do no more. I can't, there ain't nothing else I can do. So I just told her, have a good day. And Timmy says, stupid is as stupid does. <laughs> and we went on. What happens sometimes if we're in a bad mood and the Holy Spirit tries to get, just let him work sometimes and let's just get out of it, right? We need Holy Spirit conditioned emotions. There's a time to cry. There's a time to laugh. There's a time to be angry. Right? There's a time to fear the Lord. There's a time to be in disgust. Right? There's times for all that. But there are proper ways, and only the Holy Spirit way is the proper way to conduct our emotions. Amen. So I'd just like to challenge you this morning to pay attention to the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit might just tell you to shut up. Just be quiet. It tells me that a whole bunch. <laughs> I don't know if he's going to tell y'all that or not. He tells me that a whole bunch because I want to mouth, right? Mouthing in protest never does nothing. Only when we search our hearts and our minds through the Holy Spirit are we able to live a conditioned life that is proper before the Lord and changes the world. You see, instead of talking like Carl Childers, I probably ought to just told her, I, 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 what I should have said was just, Jesus loves you. Yeah. 